Hello, and thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Billy Newman Photo Podcast. This day, I'm looking at a picture from Mount Washington up in the Cascades. This was a, a vertical shot taken in portrait mode. And, and one of the important things about this image that really makes it uh, show up the way that it does in the photograph is that it was shot at 400 millimeters with a, a telephoto lens. And what this does is it gives the photo a lot of compression and it really brings in uh, those distant objects to make them look a lot taller and a lot more present in the photograph. But that's what really helps me uh, compress some of that foreground imagery that you see of those dead sticks or the, the burnt up trees at the base that move up to the mountain. But really cool photo. Great time to be out there in Christmas. And then this photo moves over to a, a black and white image that was taken during the summertime out by Applegate Lake in... Um, well, really, at this point, this image was taken in the mountains just uh, south of the border when you enter California. Really steep mountains, really cool area, but a lot of dispersed camping that area that we were up in uh, during May and June uh, a few years ago. But this image was taken with a film camera and on film, and uh, I tried to leave the shutter open for just a few seconds to try and capture enough light from that campfire to illuminate some of the gear that we were working with or, or that we had, and then uh, uh, just try and use that a little bit to take this photo and, and silhouette the dog as it was. But really cool time, good photos, really appreciated it. You can see more of my work at billynewmanphoto.com. You can check out some of my photo books on Amazon. I think you can look up uh, Billy Newman under the authors section there and see uh, some of the photo books on film, on the desert, on surrealism, on camping. Some cool stuff over there. Today I posted a photograph from uh, the Oahe Canyon area. It's like really remote southeast Oregon territory. It's really cool out there. I've only gone out there a couple times and, and really, truthfully, it would need to be, I don't know, it just needs to be explored much more than what I've put my time into it for. But it's just so remote. It's amazing how it is out there. Like um, what we did is uh, when we came in from Boise, we drove down and through that you're kind of in the Oahe area as it kind of flows into, I guess the Oahe would flow into the Snake River uh, some, somewhere around like Ontario, Oregon. But uh, but up above that, I guess the Oahe goes up toward Winnemucca, which is sort of what I understand, or at least kind of it stretches on up there a little bit. I was hearing about we ran into this guy, uh, this kind of <laughs> this kind of uh, eccentric mountain man up when we were in the Wallawa Mountains, and he had talked to us. He stopped for a second. He was he, he was in like uh, hiking pants and you know a jacket with a handkerchief on. He was probably in his sixties, maybe, and he had told us that uh, he was a I don't know what he was. He was an enthusiast. He'd been out there for maybe like a month or so. Maybe maybe he said like four or five weeks of, of being out in the Wallawa Mountains. And he was uh, he had his partner going back into town to get provisions when uh, when we ran into him. But he had a tripod and a camera and he was walking around or he was on a hike through the Eagle Cap Wilderness trying to find these these trees, this type of pine that's being affected by climate change. As the climate gets warmer in the Alpine area. Uh, as the temperature starts to lift in elevation, it changes the types of tree species that are able to live in the alpine area there. So I guess it kills them off as the temperature gets higher for the certain type of pine tree. It's like, was it, like a two-needle pine and a five-needle pine? Something like that. But apparently, 
I guess that's that's what this guy's working on. So he's trying to work on a photo project for this. He talked to us for a while, though, about the Oahe Canyon, about the Snake River, and about, uh, I guess, about how before the dams were built, the salmon run would flow up the Columbia River, up the Snake River, up the Oahe River, and you would get salmon run all the way into the interior area of Winnemucca, California, or Winnemucca, Nevada, way out there. So it's just really weird how it would kind of pull up these smaller uh, tributaries of the Columbia from the ocean all the way back into the central part of the state of Nevada too. So kind of a trip, but it was interesting to, uh, to talk to that guy for a few. And then when we were out in the Oahe area, it goes on for a really long time, but there's a few different sections of it. It's a big river, right? Like, so it's a, it's a whole territory of, uh, of land that sort of meanders through that section of Oregon. Um, but really beautiful landscape out there. What we did is we went to Rome and then, uh, there's like the pillars of Rome. That's this, uh, this area out there. But then off from that, you can drive south really for quite a well for a while on a dirt road and then you pull around and we took like this really bumpy little road like a little access road out to this point and we took some really cool photos of the Oahe Canyon it's really pretty right there at least in this spot that we were taking photos of but it's cool I guess if you go a little further you can pull into this uh this three forks region I think there's a dam or there's maybe there's a few dams on the Oahe it seems like that's kind of what I've noticed from it. But there's this backed up area where you can go in. And what I want to do is I want to get a kayak and I want to set up a camping trip and and, uh, and kind of do like a backpacking trip and just throw the backpack in the kayak and then cut across uh, the water, you know, kind of cut down the, the Oahe River and then pull out on different sides of it, you know, over a couple of days and do some camping and do some photos. But it seems like a really cool place to uh, to explore uh, the Three Forks area. I guess was that like the Trout Creek Mountains? It's maybe somewhere near there. Maybe it's not too near to there. I guess uh, that whole area it stretches up in a pretty expansive way. Like so, um, so from the Oahe section, then we drove over to like the Burns Junction, and then you have to drive past that, and then you're pretty close to the Alvord Desert. That's when we're driving west, right? So we're way out east, like near McDermott. Oregon, Rome, Oregon. I don't know. It's way out there. I hear that, uh, like, uh, like this week in early October, I hear it's hunting season. And I guess, uh, I guess that's a huge area for, uh, or it's a, it's a big district for some of the bigger mule deer. And I guess the elk that are out there, I guess that's a big area to go hunt elk, but I've also heard like the fossil area. There's probably plenty of drainages that, uh, that work out as good hunting lands for, for this time of year for whoever's into that. But yeah, I've just been uh, working on some photo stuff. So, yeah, the photo from the Oahe Canyonlands area is posted. I put that one up. I worked on it for a little while, uh, trying to do some editing stuff. And uh, But, yeah, it's really cool. I like the that area. I really want to go back there and spend some time there for real, you know. That's the tough thing is it's so remote sometimes, and you're kind of moving over a larger amount of land mass that uh, that whole region just sort of would take a week, maybe more, to kind of get into and explore. And I bet there's a lot of new interesting photos and visual things you could see down there. It'd just be a cool adventure too. It seems like, uh, like such a cool spot that's not really seen by a lot of other people. So I don't know, an interesting thing and something to put on the opportunities list for, uh, for next season as we, uh, come back into the camping zone. But yeah, it seems like you're going to have a couple months here like winter in Oregon always is of, uh, of it kind of turning down into a little bit of a slower time for the outdoor, outdoor adventure, outdoor camping travel stuff. You can check out more information at billynewmanphoto.com. You can go to billynewmanphoto.com forward slash support if you want to 
help me out and participate in the value for value model that uh, we're running this podcast with. If uh, you receive some value out of some of the stuff that I was talking about, you're welcome to uh, help me out and send some value my way through the portal at billynewmanphoto.com forward slash support. You can also find more information there about uh, Patreon and the way that I use it. If you're interested or, or feel more comfortable using Patreon, that's patreon.com forward slash billynewmanphoto. I mean, we're doing a lot in Lightroom stuff. I've been trying to like develop a lot of photos, like with the travel stuff that we did, the, the trip and like the trip that I did with my dad out to Christmas Valley and some of the stuff around like the teepee rings that I was photographing. I've been trying to like edit a few of those. And uh, I've been doing like most of that in Lightroom, but I've been trying like a couple different other pieces of software. I haven't really gotten super far with it. So we got to do more research. This will be an ongoing segment for our podcast, which will be fun yeah. too. We should try out some uh, betas. I don't know what we can really get a hold of. Um, but uh, there's Lightroom. And so like there's some news about how like Lightroom is switched over to the Lightroom Creative Cloud, which is going to be sort of a, a, a cloud-based photo editing system. I think it's going to be a little bit more lightweight. I think it's going to you know be a monthly subscription system. And then there's also going to be uh, Lightroom Classic which is going to be the, the current Creative Cloud uh, professional Lightroom system. And I think that's going to be like your disk management system, like how to put files onto your computer hard drive and how to edit them and then how to like process them out and put them somewhere. Um, so that's still going to be around and I guess going on, but it's, it's only going to be subscription system from now on. And I think that's kind of pushed a lot of people, including myself, to consider like what other editing options are going to be out there for, um, for like file management systems for your photographs. And there's a few new other systems that are coming up that also seem a little bit more modern in some ways too that i think have been kind of interesting and it's been cool uh checking them out a little bit one of them was uh capture one and you and i had looked at that one a little bit yeah you showed me that one a little bit when you put it on your computer it's cool i want to learn a little bit more about it i know there's a lot of content out there about it there's the the phase the phase one camera system have you heard about right. that it's like a, a little bit medium format digital camera system it's real expensive, real nice, apparently. Uh, I, I only know like a little bit about it, but those RAW files, they're, they're really immense uh, medium format digital RAW files. And so to process those, they, they kind of constructed their own editing software. Uh, that was this Capture One software. And I think it was supposed to be a more modern system of, of rendering your RAW file adjustments. And, uh, and I think it was supposed to be kind of tuned specifically to the RAW files produced by, by this Phase One camera. Uh, which is an interesting piece of software. You know, it's really technical and I see like a lot of professional photographers kind of not shifting over to it, but at least I see, I see it popping up a little bit more in sort of a higher end fashion system or like people that are using uh, phase one systems or a lot of Sony systems. There's, Cause I think it's, it's sort of specific to the, the camera raw file that's produced. Um, it's sort of strange, right? Like the, I think it's built for the phase one, camera right and like for a lot so of for their file types yeah for those file types and for a lot of the sony file types so i think a lot of the, like the sony photographers are getting the capture one pro software and they make like a free sony editing software that's a little bit stripped down that's like the you know the sony capture one express or something like that who knows what it is but i pulled that on my computer i've been messing with it and i pulled like the demo for uh, uh for capture one pro and it was cool kind of messing around with a different raw editor. It's different than Photoshop, different than Lightroom, but it's all, it's still kind of like the same like panel and slider idea. Mm -hmm. You have a panel, you have like hue and color and sharpness and haze and whatever. 
and you can kind of make some adjustments on it. But it was interesting doing something different with the raw processing. And I guess it's supposed to be faster, sort of the idea, or it's supposed to be a more modern system. It's one of those things where, like, Lightroom was built years ago, like back in 2006, 2007. And, um, I guess there wasn't the ability to, to throw a lot of processing over to the graphics processor. I don't think like it was as important back then to use uh, your graphics processor for rendering and processing and crunching some of the some of the graphics stuff that you had to sure. do. So I think a lot of that you know, it was built to like run and process the raw files through the just the main processor. So I guess there's a lot of things about Lightroom that just are made to run really slow given the modern computer architecture that people are using or that people are developing on. And so I think that's where like there's an advantage to maybe some future new Adobe software. But also for some of these current players that are trying to do some of this photo editing software stuff, like the other one, um, Affinity Photo, which is one that I think you'd seen a little bit, right? Just a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, I really, I've not put anything on my computer to yeah. try out yet. I haven't put but... anything on. I know it looks like there's a lot going on there. It looks like, and I, I hear a lot of people are talking about how impressive the iPad app is. Like if you have an iPad Pro. I guess like a modern oh. iPad, the, the Affinity Pro app on an iPad is really powerful for, for, for tablet. Yeah, editing. For tablet yeah editing. and you can do a lot of stuff like with the pencil, the Apple Pencil or with your finger um, to do like healing adjustments, a lot of stuff like that that you really couldn't do with software outside of Photoshop before. So it's cool that they made like some progress on that. And I guess Affinity Photo is also producing uh, a digital file management software to go along with Affinity Photo. Okay. Which is really like the the Lightroom part of it, like yeah, the injection. Yeah, I was gonna say, yeah, kind of be like Lightroom. I think it's the Lightroom part and the part where you you can apply adjustments to multiple files at the same time. Oh, sure. Stuff like that. I think it's mm -hmm. like a lot of those features that they're trying to build out this year because of the changes that Adobe's made to the Lightroom system and how they're changing it over to like the Creative Cloud system and the you know kind of Lightroom Express system. Yeah, um, not really gonna, as much of a pro tool. That's what I've heard of it. That's what yeah. it sounds like. It yeah. So I, like. I think that's why a lot of professionals are a little bit unhappy with that adjustment into uh, their workflow. You know, they're just looking for that that professional system that they have to increase and get better in the ways they need. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think Adobe's trying to hit a wider market of hobby photographer or Instagram. You know, kind of, it's, it's more about like yeah, filters and adjustments. Easy. Yeah. Yeah. One click kind of adjustments. Yeah. Uh, sort of things. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how that ends up going. Yeah, it will be interesting. You know, that that's sort of the shift in modern computers in a lot of ways. And and if you were working an iPad, I bet it'll be swell. I bet it'll be yeah, pretty cool, sure. you know, to to run a, a bunch of photos off on an iPad through that system. It, you know, probably yeah, work it okay. Cloud. It'd probably work okay. I don't think it's really the direction that I'm gonna go. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It just doesn't really seem like it's the right the right zone. That was what I was thinking. I'm hoping that uh, the change really encourages these other companies to oh yeah develop their their products more. I was oh, yeah. yeah, I was hoping there'll be there'll be something to kind of replace what Lightroom is right now. Definitely, because yeah. I really liked Lightroom before Lightroom. There was Aperture that was built by Apple, sure, and then they stopped producing Aperture. I don't know what's going to really happen with Lightroom. I'm, I'm sure that it's going to stick around and I'm sure it's really going to be like top of market share for a long time for uh, photographers editing software. It'll likely kind of remain in my workflow for a long time too. I, I was looking around at Capture One. It's not the thing I really want to use. Yeah. 
uh, affinity there's some future you know mm -hmm. but i don't really know there's really not the thing that i'm looking to use in the way that i use lightroom right now that was what i had noticed when i was looking, looking yeah. through other photo editing software yeah. it's really like there are a lot of things that look cool and like they could be something useful yeah but it's just not really it just doesn't seem like it's there yet for yeah. the kind of editing that i'm trying to go for we'll see what pops up in the next year and you know i guess the cool thing is is like the the given uh version of lightroom that i have right now is uh is totally fine for me that's yeah, that's the last thing I, I know. Yeah, these new versions. This old version of Lightroom, anyway. Yeah, they come out, but uh, I'm still always happy with the uh, the older one for a long time. So I'm kind of interested. I'm really only interested in buying software that I own. I'm not interested in leasing software, even no as way. a working professional. Even if I'm making money from using the software, yeah, it's got to be a real special kind of business software license that I'm working. Um, but it can't. Yeah, just be I don't like, want to rent software. It can't be my color correction software for my photographs. I need to. I need to own that. I need yeah, to own your that database. Yeah, it's yeah, that really kind need... of thing. Yeah. And for for as much as I'm working it, I think I need. I need to have. It's not a service. Right. Yeah. It's just something that is yeah. part of your daily work. I get that's... paying for storage, paying for a website, paying for hosting, paying for processing, something like that. Mm -hmm. But, uh, but yeah, I, I don't want to pay for the, the thing in total. If it's just raw processing and color correction and, you know, cropping and exporting of a file, like there's a lot of image editing systems out there uh, and everything I can do, I can do it you know, on an older system. But I'm interested if we go forward with some new software, I'm interested in trying like, like affinity or, you know, one of these other more modern, just buy outright systems. It's like, yeah, it's like a hundred dollars or something like there's Pixelmator Pro. That's a, a new program coming out. Yeah. And uh, that's supposed to be kind of a, a, a Photoshop level replacement for stuff. I think that's like definitely when you're like working with layers, working with, uh, you know, textures and stuff. Yeah. You, you can do a lot with it. Yeah. I think that I had looked at that one really briefly. And yeah, that one is more like Photoshop. Yeah. Or has more of the like Photoshop capabilities yeah. in it. Yeah. I've, I've heard people are really into that or like really surprised with, with the level of, of quality that they can do it and the, the speed that they're able to process that stuff as it, as like we were talking about, it's built to work uh, on metal. Like I think a couple of these things that we've been talking about are Apple apps. And uh, I think metal is that system where it writes, it writes really quickly to the graphics card. Right. Yeah. So what is that? I can't remember that can't remember the names of it these like these graphic layers these uh, uh graphic options that used to work um but yeah this is supposed to be like a way faster system of, of processing some of that graphic stuff and i guess it's supposed to be a big benefit but that's the sort of thing i want to try out with you is that and i want to try to kind of invest in that stuff just because we would own it we'd have the license we get to use it you know right. for as much as we'd want to but yeah we should try and check it out a little bit i also i kind of I think it would be kind of fun to get some of these softwares and just do like little videos about it Oh, that'd be fun. Oh, yeah, I'm just like it? trying yeah. it out, checking it out. Yeah, like, hey, like we're photographers. We, yeah. We, What's it uh, like to work in Capture One? Yeah. And we just kind of just Let's check out these tools that are hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah. Um, but I want to try some of these things. I want to try like, you know, tech, check out and, and see if some of these other tools are, are better or are more modern or kind of make a different, more creative result. Yeah. There's a bit of that in Lightroom where you seem to kind of fall in like a, a little bit of a rut of like how Lightroom edits a photo. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You know what no I mean? kidding. Yeah. yeah. I can get a little stuck in routines of just like how you kind of have to adjust it. Yeah. Yeah. There's a little bit of that. And I'd like to see if there's some new thinking around, around that workflow that, that makes it a little bit or breaks up my creativity a little bit, makes something mm -hmm. a little different. So 
I think it's worth it just in the sense of that kind of investment. But, but yeah, overall, I think, I mean, gosh, you know, everything's fine still. I'm one of those people that kind of says, yeah, use the, use the old or use, I don't know, Adobe camera raw. If you have to, it's probably like most of the adjustments that you need to do anyway. I think I'm not really big into retouching stuff, you know, but like, I think you need to like work a raw file yeah, and process it, color correct it, make something out of it. So yeah, I think there's a lot you can do just with about anything, but it's kind of interesting uh, just seeing like some of these new softwares come out and how they're being developed. There's another one like on one. It's up in Portland. Yeah. It seems like a Lightroom competitor is sort of the idea behind it. I've not really gotten into it. I think they had like a beta come out and I was a little confused about how to use some of it. But really, again, like that's the, the main thing I'm saying is all these new photo editing softwares. It's like, I'm kind of confused how to use it. I'm so grand or ingrained in using the stuff in. Uh, oh yeah. Just the Lightroom. In Lightroom. Yeah. Yeah. And it's been really cool using Lightroom or, you know, it's just been like a, what I've gotten used to for a long time. So I know it's way kind of making a transition, but it's not bad. Yeah. It'll be interesting. Just checking out some of these new things. Ooh, yeah. I want to check out more stuff with you. Um, I don't know. We'll have to figure it out. We got to figure out some uh, new editing stuff. It'll be fun. But really, I think for a long time, I want to I want to jump into a bunch of these raw files that we have from the last month or so. One of them is I want to try and compare presets. This is something we haven't really done much before. But I want to try and get into some presets for Lightroom stuff. Yeah. And I want to try and do a little investment into like Affinity or into Pixelmator or, you know, one of those other alternatives. And I think with Affinity, at least there's a bunch of preset systems for the, the photo editing stuff there too. And I want to try and compare them a little bit or run some of our other photos through it and see like what kind of creative results we get by like working with some of these preset packets over in Lightroom or some of the new stuff that we could do over in Affinity. It'd just be kind of cool to try and experiment a little bit with that. Yeah. yeah. I think that would be cool to get into the preset stuff a little bit. I see that as like a huge part of a lot of photographers' workflow. Yeah, I think I'm curious about like what what that is like to use. I'm yeah, I'm pretty interested too. I see tons of people on Instagram kind of promoting their preset systems. Oh yeah, selling their preset packages. Oh yeah, a lot of that. I see a lot of those. I don't know if I'll do that so much as uh, watch a YouTube video about how one built such and such preset package. Um, <laughs> Maybe, that's a little bit more what i'm interested yeah, in yeah I, there's lots of stuff out there we can find that uh, could kind of be a creative start for us to find something to do but it's interesting to see that the levels of editing that go into some of the color corrections that, that happen on these photographs oh yeah yeah some levels of, of editing that i'm not really familiar with really so i guess there's a lot that i should learn about it you know <laughs> really like that's a big part of why i'm interested in seeing other people's preset packages yeah i just want to understand for like for presets that are for photos that I think look better. Oh yeah. Or like good. Right. I'm just, I'm just interested in seeing like, what does that look like? I'm trying to figure what does that, that out. What does that look too, like yeah. when someone else is putting a photo together like that? I'm really trying to figure that out too. Yeah. What, what is the system of stuff on the side that you're looking at? What are the adjustments that are going on? Like what hue and tint stuff is being pulled around? Mm -hmm. It seems like there's a lot of stuff going on in there. Or like there's a few kind of granular changes into color correction stuff that, uh, that I'm probably not getting into. In my photographs and i bet there's a lot of stuff that could be pretty cool yeah i think it would be really interesting to get into yeah i want to do some reimaginations of some photographs that i have yeah i've been mm. going back through really like my portfolio i guess and trying to yeah. reevaluate what my best photos are and also just re-edit a lot of stuff oh that's a great a idea sharper. yeah but yeah i'm trying to get into better finer editing 
See, yeah, I'd like to try and figure that out too. Yeah, I've noticed that that's like a, an element of the post-processing post-processing stuff that I really want to get into in a in a heavier way. It's like the level of of editing stuff that I'm able to do, or just the level of choices I'm able to make when I get into something like Lightroom or Affinity in the future. So it'll be cool. I, I, we should really develop on that. It'd be cool to yeah. to try and uh, push ourselves on that a little bit and see if we can learn some, some new tricks or yeah, something I think new it'd be to cool do. To get into. Yeah, man, I like I process probably. 200,000, 300,000 photos in the last couple of years. I'm just like exporting stuff in it. But so with that, I don't know what I did or, you know, there's really nothing. It's just, it's just sort of automatic or, you know, like mm -hmm. there's just a lot of things that like aren't. So I don't know. Like it's a weird thing. Like I've, uh, I've just kind of like moving through Lightroom for a long time. Yeah. I know there's a lot of stuff that you probably kind of just like auto work through. Yeah. Or I know that's how it is for me. Yeah. With a lot of pictures, and I think it's I don't spend as much time on. It's like uh, it's like when like when Tiger Woods was playing golf and like halfway through he needed to get a new coach for his swing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't know anything about <laughs> golf, but yeah, yeah, get like a new coach because he was like hurting his shoulder because his swing was wrong. So he needed to like correct his swing, but it's one of those things where it's like muscle memory, right? It's like so ingrained of like the way you do something, how you sure. hold something. So it takes a lot to kind of break that habit of yourself, that muscle habit of yourself, and then kind of figure out a new way to do the thing that you do. Uh, so I don't know. We got we to gotta kind of break ourselves a little bit. But I want to do a bunch, like as we get more and more into wedding photographs, I want to try and figure out some interesting stylistic things that we can do in those photographs through our uh, post-processing. Absolutely. Yeah. I've been really, because that's what I've been doing for photo editing yeah. mostly the last couple of months is mm. a lot of like wedding photo stuff from work that we've been doing. Yeah. And yeah, I really want to get into more of a stylized way of doing that i, I like something to that's too. a little bit more of a a particular kind of quality yeah i really like that. our photos are awesome they're oh, yeah. so good but i want to and really i mean that's kind of what i like about going back to like the sony cameras and stuff like like they don't even have to be edited they look beautiful already but yeah. i want to wow. get into making them look a little bit more like a style yeah not just that it's a really beautiful photo but that it's like no a I wanna, brand i want to work with that, in a good way too I really want to be selective about our lens use. Oh my gosh. I, know. I think there's a lot that we know to do in that, that we're not really able to execute on right now for some of our projects. And that's something I really want to change, you know, where we Me get, too. we get some stuff in there that that's that, that right piece. Um, so I really want to focus on that. And yeah, I really want to focus on our, our post-processing element on top of that to really get the, the right kind of texture in the file mm -hmm. when we make it and the right kind of colors and, you know, just that, the, right photo and then i want to try and really do a great job in lightroom or in our post-processing stuff to to kind of pull that out and make it the most and make it look a little stylized a little different and a little better yeah it'll be cool i think we've got a pretty distinct style with the, the things that we've been working on over the years and i want to try and push that visually into uh, just some new directions thanks a lot for checking out this episode of the billy newman photo podcast Hope you guys check out some stuff on BillyNewmanPhoto.com. A few new things up there. Some stuff on the homepage. Some good links to other other outbound sources. Some some links to books. Some links to some podcasts. Links to some blog posts. All pretty cool. But yeah, check it out at BillyNewmanPhoto.com. Thanks a lot for listening to this episode of the podcast. Talk to you next time.